Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'll start. My name is Rod. And I like to party. Do you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? Hey there, Church Planner. You know what time it is? Time for the Church Planner Podcast with your host, Robert Frazier. And Tim Galley. And we're here because, let's be honest, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> and you probably want some people who are going to help you. And uh, Peyton is here on Mondays to help you. And Tim and I are here to have fun and to talk about funny stuff. So you're in the right place. It's the Wednesday edition. Uh, and yeah, this this week, last week was the low point of our of our short tenure. Tim, I, I think like that. If we we're going to look back on like the our our time on this podcast, and last week's going to be the low point. Did, did I tell you about like after you after you ghosted me and you said I don't have time for you and you said I, I don't care about you and I don't care about our listeners and I don't care about your you know you swore and then you talked about the podcast yeah those are and, exact quotes yeah <laughs> and and then I was like fine I'll do it myself and I I basically it was it was did like you a do with that did you do that with like the Thanos voice the Thanos voice yes fine I'll do fine. it myself <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. And I whined like Thanos too. Let's be honest. <laughs> that guy just didn't try. He's like, you know what? I'd rather I'd rather kill myself to kill people than kill myself to save people. And mm. that's how you know he's a real loser. So so last Wednesday night, it's like eleven o'clock, and I I I should have recorded the thing in the morning after you ghosted me the two nights before. <laughs> and and it, I like I get home. It's it's Wednesday night. I play indoor soccer on Wednesday nights. So I had a game at like 8.30. I get home at like 9.45. I get a shower and I'm like, oh, crap. I've, I've got to record that dumb podcast. <laughs> and, so, and so I grab, I'm like, I'm not even going to go in my office where like my sweet setup is. I just grab my phone, record a voice memo in my towel on the couch. So ouch. That's that's the that's the low moment of the podcast, and I'm just going to own it. That's just where I'm I was. So, I'm so thankful that we don't have like video footage of this one. 
I, I thought that, about that was... I thought about just doing like a <laughs> selfie video. Oh like, it'd be like a Homer Simpson, you know, <laughs> you know type of mode. Was it was oh, that a man. slip? Was that a was that a towel slip? <laughs> oh, oh no. We don't need any scandals on this podcast, my friends. No, no, we have enough scandals in real life. We don't need them on the podcast. First of all, I, I would like to offer a an alternative uh version of the story. Uh, oh, I had uh I had this is I gonna had be offered... BS right here. Whatever whatever's gonna be said. <laughs> I, I had offered just a, a different time option that, that was not suitable <laughs> to you because I was excited to be here with our podcast listeners. And then I, I didn't really have much to do last week. You know, I, I, I friends oh, came over that's... spontaneously. Neighbors came over. We prayed. We, I baptized a few people <laughs> like, randomly. Um, I'm not yeah, laughing at baptism. I'm laughing at you lying <laughs> about baptism. <laughs> I mean, I just wish I would have known a little bit more about the context of what you were going through because I would have been right there for you. <laughs> all right, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Um, hey, yeah. uh, thank you for covering last week. Sincerely, um, it, it is it is one of those things we're talking about burnout, and like like it was just like the wheels were starting to come off. And I was starting to feel like I'm going to be the ultimate hypocrite, even if nobody knows about it. If no, I'm like, no, me, me on sabbatical doing that was the ultimate <laughs> hypocrisy. <laughs> well, it's a good thing people are listening to us talking about burnout. No, no, no. But it is a thing. And I'm glad yeah. that we're going to continue the conversation because there's a lot riding on it. Yeah, but this is the last one. If if you haven't gotten over your burnout yet, that's on you. We We give it four weeks. That's all. That's all you get. That's all you need to just keep listening yeah. to the podcast over and over and over <laughs> until, until you figure it out. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, well before uh, we you, do, yeah. Did you watch baseball this weekend? I did. I did. I watched. So I, I had a lot going on this weekend. I um, my my older son had a wooden bat baseball tournament that oh, we fun. drove up to Maine for. Yeah, How'd he we, do? we did this How, last year. We hit? had a really great time. Uh, no one got a single hit. Uh, because the, uh, <laughs> the all the games were rained out. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got rained out so bad. Uh, so the whole tournament got canceled. Uh, so so you know we made the best of it. You know, like like you can't do anything about it. So like we're all just trying to have fun. You know, the dads are doing the dads. You know, the dad things. Kids are like miniature golfing in the rain. Uh, thankfully, you know. Half the kids brought, you know, some type of PlayStation or Xbox. So they played, you know, FIFA and Madden and uh-huh. 2K and all that. Uh-huh. Um, and then we kicked them out of the rooms and we told them they got to go do something. It didn't matter what. They just had to be out of the rooms and they did. Um, so I'm sure they have like some really great bonding stories. Uh, so did not watch any of my son's baseball. Um, did watch the Yankees Red Sox baseball. Oh, you did. Good, good, good. I was hoping you saw... The worst team in the AL East beat your team. That was that was my hope. That's what happened. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, Yankees got swept by by the Red Sox. Um, I, I know we're going to gloat yeah. about this here on this podcast. You were so, preparing uh, all weekend for it. You're like, I just, I don't even want to do the podcast. You thought about skipping the second week. And you're like, second week in a row. <laughs> no, I could. I could. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're not that close. Uh, yeah, say what you want to say. Get them all in. Here's, I mean, here's. Here's the thing about the Yankees Red Sox is like I love I love baseball because the Yankees exist. Like if the Yankees didn't exist for me to root against, I wouldn't even have a team. It's it all starts with just like this deep dark hatred inside of me for Yankees and Yankees fans. 
And so every time they play, it's like a little gift. It doesn't matter what happens. Do I like losing to the you guys? No, no, I do not. Of course not. But but when you but when we win and and when you sweep, and when you sweep a crucial series in a tight division race, and the Yankees are two games ahead of them in the wild card race, and the whole division's above three hundred, like above five hundred, which is just yeah. absurd. I don't know, man. This is this is the best. This is this is one of my favorite seasons of baseball. Like everybody's like the in highlight it of so your nice. season right now. Oh yeah, how does it feel to accomplish the highlight of the season by by June? They're like, so efficient. They're going to regress towards a mean that's like <laughs> five hundred games below five hundred. <laughs> like they're gonna they're not going to win another game the rest of the season because that's how bad their roster is. They're overperforming. They've been overperforming yeah. from day one. So yeah, they really we'll are. see. I mean, the Yankees are definitely underperforming considering they have you know a generational talent just messing around out there. True, it's true, it's true. Uh, yeah, enjoy, 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 enjoy while you can. Enjoy while you can. I will. And, you know, the all-star break will probably get them out of rhythm and then they'll lose 10 games coming out of the break and who knows what happens then, right? Who who knows? It's, it's baseball. So I was just texting a friend who whose son in Little League uh, lost a best of three Little League championship. Oh. And, you know, and it's sad because, like, there's nothing you can say. Like, it's like trying to console your little your little leaguer is like a really, you know, tough thing. And that's what's that's what comes down to it. That's what it comes down to for like just about every baseball player in every season. It's it's either like this euphoric championship win or a baseball heartbreak. Like there's mm-hmm. rarely anything in between. Yeah, there's just that line year. from uh, from Moneyball. He says, if you don't win the last game of the season, who cares? That's right. <laughs> which which like there's there's some fatalism to that, but like taking solace in losing in the championship game or losing in the division mm-hmm. series, like there's no solace. There's no solace in making the playoffs. It just means that you were close and you missed your opportunity and you missed that year of those guys playing. It's just pain. It's twenty nine teams of pain and one team defines ecstasy. That's it. That's right. That's it. <laughs> and then it could be worse. Like you could win a season like the 2020 season and the Dodgers have just a big asterisk next to their championship. I, I tease. I don't know. Dodgers I think it's a legit. This. I think it's 80 a legit games, win. 80 yeah. games. Yeah. No, it's a sprint. It's not even a season. It's like, it's like the baseball strikes seasons, you know? Yeah, but I still don't count them. I, I think of them as basically these. It's It's like the bubble basketball games. I, oh, you don't think that counted either? No, no. I think LA loses both of the 2020 championships because of that. <laughs> they just get asterisks next to them. <laughs> Mostly because I, I, I hate I hate LA. Because you have a West Coast bias. <laughs> like you Midwesterners have such a West Coast bias. Midwesterners. <laughs> Who, all right, Boise again. I'm getting mad. We got. We got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> I can only uh, feign so much ignorance. All right. Uh, all right. We should we should get done with our smack talk because we could go on and on. You're right. On. You're right. All right. What's this week's topic, Tim? Hey, we're going to continue and finish our conversation on pastoral burnout. And it really is critical of critical of importance because if if the leaders are burnt out, that's where like all that toxic culture crap comes from. Mm-hmm. And we become ineffective and dangerous it worse than ineffective we become dangerous to our families we become dangerous to the people that we're leading and we become uh, you know just irrelevant to the culture and the community that we're trying to reach out to so 
I I know this is like you know very basic and very one on one, but like obviously, pastors and leaders need to have this heart to create healthy emotional and healthy spiritual culture, and you just can't do that if you are fighting burnout. Uh, I, I think of my most ineffective pastoral moments, and and sometimes it's just a bad day, and that's true. But but sometimes it's attached to a season of running on empty, uh, pushing it further than I'm supposed to, um, and and trying to summon up some you know super Tim strength rather than relying on the Holy Spirit type of type of power. Well, you and know, I look you back know how- on it as my worst moments. You know how like Monday hangovers in ministry, like they're just, especially big, big Sundays, Mondays are just this kick in the teeth and Mm. you show up and you grind through it because you got staff meeting or whatever. Like churches are terrible at just like stopping and like Monday should always be off. But what, what happens like when you, when you got that Monday hangover, when you're, when you're running on empty, that Monday hangover is twice as bad. And when you walk into it, you're just like, you're seething with like frustration and anger. Like every, everything is a, um, you're just, you're feeling like, I don't want to be here. Everything that happens to me is an annoyance and I don't like these people and why am I doing it? And that, that's like one of those triggers where, you know, you've gone too far. You've know, you've been pushing it too hard. You had three late nights last week. You're out too many nights doing ministry stuff and you haven't seen your family and then you stayed up late watching tv that one night and didn't get sleep and all of a sudden it's like you're in four different kinds of deficit emotionally relationally time-wise physically and all of a sudden Mm. you're like you know what i know i'm gonna make a bad decision today and those those are the moments like that's your your ministry is going to hinge on when i feel tired and alone and sad am i going to move towards control and anger Am I going to move towards hedonism? Am I going to move towards pleasure and escapism and running mm. away and, you know, sex? Am I going to run towards relationship? What What are those things that you're going to do in those moments? They They're all they all start way farther back. It doesn't mm. It doesn't start with one Monday morning you wake up and you feel terrible, so you make a bad decision. No, it starts four months earlier when you decide to skip that Sabbath day. And all of a sudden, it's four months later, and your life has fallen apart. And you're like, what happened? You know, like, it's just so tied together. Yeah, it, you're part of a context. You're, you're, you're part of this this snowball that has just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's tempting to dismiss it as one or two bad days or a, one long week. But it's it's a life culture that has gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know, like, the, like these are strong statements that we're making. And, and so I, I want to encourage our listeners like like it's not just you like like this is something that all leaders face it's not unique to you it's not because you're a bad leader it's probably you know somewhat to the fact that you're a good leader and more and more and more has been added on to you and you've like most leaders found um you found an inconsistency of saying no to the things that you're supposed to say no to and you said yes too many times and all this thing all these things have created a you know, a, a, a burnout dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. in your life and you've replaced the busyness uh, for the spiritual practices that, that you probably were more committed to it earlier. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that four month reference that you make um, three, four months that y- you, you, you won't be able to avoid 
an unhealthy practice like that for three or four months, if that is your, if that is how you've been r running your life for at 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> there's, we've seen a lot of, a lot of like really well-known pastors throw their lives away the last few years. Like we, there's name after name after name. Yeah. <clears throat> and as much as I think having, having some awareness of what caused those things is important, you know, and like, I, I think that there are, there are pieces to every puzzle that are not, none of those things happen in vacuums. It's, mm. a, it's a culture around you. It's, um, lack of boundary in your life. It's lack of spiritual practice. It's lack of formation. And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces to that, but one has always haunted me more than others. And I think it, it may be like a personality. Like I look at them and I go, I could see some parts of me in there. And it like, it mm. scares you, you know, like, do you have, do you have that guy that like, you look at his life and you're like, Oh, I could totally do that. Oh yes. I mean, like there's success of them, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of them. For me, <clears throat> that was watching Bill Hybels. Like when mm. when the story came out, th there's a tragedy to his story because it's it was it was him in moments of I think exhaustion and weakness, like attempting to do bad things and being thwarted in them because the people around him cared about him. And him him trying to you know, like basically he was he was trying to initiate an affair in a way yeah. that was like, you come to my room and we'll just hang out. And like, it was, it was like the, the softest way possible. Cause he's a nice guy, but it was him in moments of sadness and weakness and loneliness. And you can just see burnout written across the, it, like his whole life is this, this, you know, go, go, go. He's, he's just been building things from day one. And he was a church planner that just kept planting. Like he was an evangelist that couldn't help, but just build bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, then when his church was too big, they couldn't create a larger meeting space. He decided I'm going to start a global leadership summit with hundreds of, you know, like he just couldn't stop doing more and more. Yeah. And what you see in his story is there's just like, he was lonely because he was overwhelmed and he was run down and he was burned out. And that's what leads to those critical moments where the difference between Bill Hybels being where he is now and Bill Hybels finishing his ministry life without scandal is the moments of burnout. When he, when he didn't move towards God, when he didn't move towards relationship, when he didn't move towards accountability, when he didn't move towards rest, when he didn't move towards like God's care, Yes. Instead, instead, he moved towards more, thinking that if I if I just go after one more thing, if I if I reach that next hill, if I if I just make it through this busy season, how, how many times have we lied to ourselves about? If I just make it through this busy season, I'll be fine. But in reality, the busy season is you. You're the one who creates every step of that journey, and until you create those boundaries and say, "I'm going to stop and I'm going to receive from God the rest that He has for me." we're all at risk. We're all at risk of the, the sorts of things that can happen in, in our lives. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That, that story reminds me of, uh, this time that I, I saw Kerry Newhoff. Um, he came to the Boston area and he, he spoke at, uh, at this event that, 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 uh, this local church was hosting. And, and I gotta say up front, like, like you may be Kerry Newhoff out, you know, like he, his voice is everywhere. His yeah. podcast is everywhere. <laughs> 
his you get a daily email from him if you ever you know sign up for one thing. He's the best I, communications I totally get it. team in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you you talk about people who get things done. Um, like he, he's up there, and so like there was other speakers that I was I think more excited to listen to. Um, but it's Gary Newhoff, so I'm going to listen. And he begins by telling the story of like how everything worked out so well for him. Um, but this is where his life almost jumped the track and where he almost destroyed it all. And he starts describing like how all these pastors like go into scandals and go into extramarital affairs and, and financial, you know, uh, scandals and so on. And I, I thought I knew exactly where the story was going. But he started to then say, he pivoted and said, we think that is just because people fall into temptation. Um, he's like, I started to realize that these were pastors' lives who were so far out of control, and and rather than go through whatever, go through the hell and back with the Lord of what it takes to get your life back on track, the easy out is to do the things that you know that they will fire you for. They they will take you out of this because you're you've been done and you They're don't know how to say so. It. They're going to save yeah. you from it by your mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, your, that cowardness he, he describes uh, starts making more sense and you trade in, you know, the appreciation of a community. Uh, this, this, you betray these people that have invested in you and that you've invested in them. And at that point, you don't care because the only thing that you are looking for is the door. Uh, and, and he, he went on to describe some like very specific things and made some really insightful observations. And, and he's like, and that, he's like, that was almost me. And I just decided that I was going to fight it out for the Lord. I was going to fight. He's like, it was, it was he, he also made it very clear that he was not in any type of, you know, danger of having an extramarital affair. Like, that's not what he was saying. Um, but that burnout, it, it was what he was describing and he was going to fight the burnout. It's always stuck with me because because I I honestly did think up until then like oh people are falling into temptation I I did not understand the extent of burnout and what it would do to you do to you to to pollute you and destroy you yeah and and for the church planners out there it's easy to look at Kerry Newhoff and say you know like I was in ministry for twenty five years and led a successful ministry and then created this you know empire of like training and media and all those things but he was a church planter just like you and me. And he has the same temptations as you and me. And it's the temptation to take away the guardrails in our lives of rest. Mm. Like I, I, I honestly think of rest as a guardrail because when, when you're, when you're tired, you make terrible decisions. And when you're tired and lonely, you make twice as bad decisions. When you're tired and lonely and angry, you make three times as bad decisions. And when you're hungry, yeah. angry, lonely, and tired, like the, the trifecta, the quadfecta, of pain you'll do anything to relieve the pain inside of you and so until you say i'm going to receive god's presence and receive the gift of of my body's restoration through slowing down and not working when i'm going to like i'm going to take take the gift of sabbath and the gift of like trusting god and letting him do the work for me and letting his spirit go ahead of me and produce the yep. sort of fruit that i'm looking for unless you do those things sin and temptation and brokenness are just they're just waiting they're waiting in the wings for all of us and as a church planner what's going to happen is you're going to think it's a sprint that first year you're going to be like okay it's pre-launch 
I'm just going to hit it hard. I'm going to meet everybody I can. I'm going to be involved in as many things as I can. I'm going to, you know, find that right venue and I'm going to build the best team and I'm going to stress about all the details and I'm going to write the best sermons. And you're just like killing yourself thinking, if I just try hard enough, I can make this thing work. And then you launch and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this every week. <laughs> and you, all of a sudden it's like, I, I got to prepare a sermon every week. And now I got to start a small group ministry. And now I've got to make sure that I've got a kid's person every week. And I got to make sure that we got tech people. And oh my gosh, that one guy who's leading worship just decided he didn't like my sermons after f- six months of preparing for launch. You know, like all, all those things are going to keep coming. And so there's never going to be a time in your ministry where everyone's going to say, you know what? You should take a rest. Your people are not going to tell you to take Saturday off or Monday off mm. or whatever that day is. They're never going to do it. Your wife is going to tell you to do it, and you're not going to listen to her because you're a fool. Like, listen to your wife. Like, that's that's basically this whole podcast series is listen to your wife who cares about you and says, or your husband who cares about you, and they believe for you that God can and will work when you're resting. And just by faith, receive the rest that God wants to give mm. you. That's the only way we make it long-term. This is a sprint. Um, too many of the church planners I've worked with, they jump into it thinking, I'm going to build something great, and if I don't, I'm going to bail. Mm. Like there's this like all-or-nothing mentality. But that that's not the way of the Savior. The way of the Savior is to say, I'm going to faithfully walk in my call until God removes me from it. He, he stepped into a 35, 36, however old you think Jesus was when he died, journey of receiving the pain and suffering of this world in exchange for the glory of his Father. And for us, as we step into ministry, that's our work is to say, I'm going to do whatever God calls me to for the rest of my life, and that's making disciples, and that's sharing my faith, and that's faithfully living out God's call in my life. And if you do that, you're going to see fruit. But if you bail after three years, you're not even going to get to see the fruitfulness because you, you didn't wait long enough. You, you planted a garden, and three years later, it's like, well, it never really came in. Well, it takes about five years for your garden to come in. It takes about seven years for your church to come together and start to see the fruit of what you do. So church planners, you've got to find ways to resist the call of burnout and the overwork that comes with this. But today, actually, what we wanted to talk about, Tim, we kind of we moved away from it, but like there, there are signs of toxicity in your life that happened because of burnout. And we want to connect those two things for you because if if you're starting to see these things that are toxic in your life mm. and in your ministry, that's a that's a warning sign. That's a dashboard light saying, hey, your life is falling apart. So Tim, what are what are some of those things that you see that are like tied to burnout and and uh, leaders who are becoming really toxic in their leadership? Yeah, I think I think the easy ones to see is that is that brooding resentment, uh, that unexpected anger. So one one is resentment, but but that brooding kind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, two is that unexpected anger, and 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 just catch yourself uh, whenever you think to yourself, I, I this this type of th- these types of things used to not upset me. And now they set me off. There's there's an accumulation effect, and there's also the state of your emotional health. That that that's why those things are happening. Because um, at you some know, point, I got a story about this. You want you want to hear it? Yeah, of course. 
so my second year of, of church planning, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're capturing the sermons and they're, you're getting recorded because you tell yourself it's for the people who missed. You want to make sure that they don't miss that sermon. Yeah. That's not what it's about. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's about like, I put out gold. We got to make sure we capture that thing. And if, if we didn't capture it, it goes away into the ether. And I remember the second year I I had been working with my with my sound team to make sure that we were recording it in two places because we had had some like technical issues. And Monday morning I go in and I'm grabbing the SD card with like the, the digital files on it and I throw it into my computer and it's just not there. Like it mm. just didn't record. And then I go to the backup and they didn't do the backup on the computer and I'm like, I remember just like this real anger just welling up inside of me about like these I, these people don't know how hard i work over here they don't know how much i kill myself for these sermons mm. you know like all the nonsense in your head about like that didn't go my way and i that was a good one that i wanted to share online and i wanted to make that little social media you know like all all that nonsense that's really inside your head and that was one of those moments like i knew something was off because i was resenting my people for them helping yeah. me that's that's a key piece that you're touching on. Yeah, I, I think those are the easy ones to discover. I, I, I so resentment, anger. Uh, I most most church planters and most pastors, you know, like you, one of your one of your natural strengths is empathy, and people have probably been telling you that through throughout your adolescence and throughout your twenties, and as you've been developing this this quality of empathy, you've, you've realized like, oh, okay, like I, I have this empathy thing working. And as you mature, like, you know, certain things aren't supposed to create the type of anger that that have, you have been suddenly, you've suddenly surprised yourself with. And as you mature spiritually and emotionally and throughout the pastorate, professionally and vocationally like this, you know, your empathy is supposed to grow in certain ways too. And, and I found every now and then, like when I, when I've caught myself with an inability to empathize, empathize, wow, it's a big you word. You got there. You got there. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's like they all got tripped up. Um, to empathize in a way that you know that you can and that you know that you should. Uh, I, I find that's another part of like that toxic, uh, that, that toxicity that is kind of just, just getting on you like, Mm. Um, like like slime kind of just dripping down on you somehow it's kind of like holding you back mm -hmm. so i say that's the third and then if i if i can go for a fourth one real quick yeah sure i didn't want to have any of them go for it. <laughs> you know i mean like i mean like they, they they just touch on every aspect of life of course but i i find for me uh that it also saps my any sense of creativity or that missional imagination that you're supposed to have uh that you that you actually love having by by the way and you you don't you don't dream about those wins in the kingdom of god like you used to and i'm not talking about like dreaming about being on the cover of of christianity today or you know or, or some 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 you know you don't want to be on the the, the cover of christianity today. that's that's an infamous spot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but like the, like the kingdom dreams, like like mm. man, wouldn't it be incredible if this abandoned warehouse became a community center? Man, wouldn't it be incredible if somehow like one of my church members won the lottery and they came up to me and said, 
I want to start a church, co- a coffee house, you know, that it would do this, 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 and this. Like, and like, you have these, like, you know, these, these kingdom-esque dreams. Wouldn't it be incredible if my neighbor, that the same neighbor who I don't even think likes me, comes up to me and says, hey, I hear that you have like this kids week or vacation Bible school week. Can you tell me more about that? Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be incredible? I gotta be ready. I gotta be ready for these moments. Um, I, I find all that gets like deleted uh, when when I'm when I'm running on empty and I feel that that toxic nature taking over me. I don't have that imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, that's the the signs of the signs of depression are not sadness. The signs of depression are lack of senses. Like they, it's feeling numb. It's mm. feeling like overwhelmed. And what you're describing is like, like that's that's what we're really talking about is depression. It's your yeah. body saying, I actually can't receive oxytocin and I can't receive the sort of neurotransmitters that are going to bring me pleasure because my body's too tired to produce them. That's what's happening. And, mm. and it's not, it's not just physical, it's spiritual too, but like, that's like you're, when you, when you run on empty, your body says, I, I can't do it. And then you do it enough days and your adrenal fatigue starts to set in. And all of a sudden your body's going, I, I can't even produce the energy you need to do your work. And then you start down this like precipitous yeah. hole of, of energy. So I, I think you're hitting on something that's much more than just ministry tired. It's, it's the sort of weariness that we're talking about. Um, I think we, you and I talked about this, but uh, there's this guy Dan White Jr. You ever listen to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet Dan, good oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got a lot of mutual friends with both of us, I think. And he, uh, I heard him on a New York Times podcast where he was talking about like helpers during COVID and like what happened to him. And he he basically said, "I'm leading this church, and it's a few hundred people." And over the course of a year, they had about 200 people leave their community. And every single one of them was somebody who was upset with something that they had done as a leader. And he, he went on, he, he went on like a extended vacation because he was just overwhelmed and tired, was gone for two weeks. And two weeks in his hands started shaking. Yeah. And he had to actually come back from his vacation because they were worried he had MS and they, they did all the tests for like the neurological stuff and the physical stuff. And they, they actually finally brought in a psychologist and sat with him and said, actually, what's happening is you have PTSD. You have this cumulative PTSD where every time you open up your phone or your email, you're bracing yourself for a fight. You're bracing yourself for someone to criticize you. You're bracing yourself for loss. You had 200 times where grief overwhelmed you as people rejected you and rejected this community and and basically said i had like my body had been in this fight or flight mode for so long it couldn't do it anymore and it just fell apart and then yeah. that's what you see with like soldiers is their their hands shake because they the neurotransmitters aren't there to to actually soothe the nerves like they they've lost the ability to soothe their nerves through their biochemistry and I, I remember listening to that. This was like a year and a half ago going, oh my gosh, I know so many people who have been in that sort of a fight or flight mode for so long that they like, and I'm, I'm in sabbatical mode trying to slow down. And it's like my body can't stop looking for 
and waiting for whatever's next. Like it's always looking for stimulation to, to deal with the pain of life. I'm always using stimulation. That's my Enneagram seven apostle evangelist. Like that's just what I do is I love to be stimulated externally. And, and that's what I do. And what I'm realizing is what I really need is to slow down and experience peace but I run away from it because I'm afraid of the pain that's going to come when I have to process and deal with things. And so this is, this is the work is like anytime, anytime you're doing like a running over and getting run down, like we speed up, uh, instead, instead of slowing down, we speed up. Uh, one time I was at our church camp as a teenager and I had, I had taped up the bell the night before so that it wouldn't ring to wake us up in the morning. Like it was a prank. Wow. You know, I was, that was Robert Frazier in his teens. I was, I was a wild man, wild man. It was like church fight club right there. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. But in the morning, they, they, the directors told me to get up and like take it off. And I was, I was like, okay. So I went up and I un, untied it. And as I'm jumping off the roof, my buddy Darren goes, Hey, Robert catch. And he throws a Frisbee at me as I'm jumping off the roof. It's like a nine foot deal. I was just like pushing off. And I, I fall to avoid the Frisbee hitting my face and I break my rib. I break like maybe even three ribs. It was just crack. It hurts so bad. And I get up and I start running. Like I, I literally take this like heave into my chest and my response is I've got to get up and run away from my pain. But you know mm. what I really needed to do? <laughs> Not run. <laughs> Cause my yeah, body breathe. You know, I just just can't breathe at all. And so Darren, the guy who threw the Frisbee at me, grabs me and holds me down and goes, Bob, you've got to chill. (laughs) And that's, that's what we all need in ministry is because we're going to, we're going to run to deal with our pain and run away from our pain. And we're going to, we're going to push hard because we think that if we push harder, it will help us deal with our anxiety and our need for control and our desire to see the kingdom of God come in this world. But really what we need to do is to sit and receive Absolutely. the presence of the Father. Because for many of us, we're dealing with far worse than three broken or cracked ribs. Yeah. And, you know, those things just, they need to heal and they need to sit and they just need to, your body will heal itself. You know, much of the things that, you know, pastors and ministry types and church planters are dealing with, you know, require a different type of work, a different type of healing. Hmm. And it often takes longer than those types of physical injuries to mend. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's, I love that metaphor. Just chill. Yeah. It's good. Just chill out. I, the only chill thing I'd the add, work. the only thing I'd add to your, to your list before we head out, cause we don't want to go, go too late tonight, um, is a, a big, a big flashing light in your life should be your desire to control because that's where toxic leaders come from as they feel out of control internally they feel like they can't they can't get things quite right and then they look around them and they see the mess of the world around them and they go i need to make everything outside of me right so that i feel right on the inside this everybody even if you're not a control person you probably have those moments where your kids are driving you crazy and it's because you feel overwhelmed or mm-hmm. overstimulated. And so what do, you, what do you do? You yell at them to clean the house. And then you, you start angry cleaning because you think, if the house is clean, I'll have peace on the inside. And we do that same thing with ministry. When stuff isn't working, when we have a hard, hard fight with our spouse, when we're having conflict, what we do is we grab hold of things we can control because there's so much we can't control. 
Yeah. And toxic leaders say, actually, when I control, you know what happens? People perform for me. When I, when I grab hold of the reins, I can make stuff better and I can make our organization grow faster. And I'm the best at this. And so I should be the one who's calling the shots. And all of a sudden, everybody around you is a puppet who's doing what you've told them to do rather than an autonomous individual who has been given this creation mandate and an expectation that they would listen to God and do what he says instead of what we say. And what we see over and over again with these leaders is that control is their dopamine and they use it as a way to deal with the pain inside of them and the way to, to big, grow something big and powerful. Big and powerful things require a lot of control a lot of command and control, top to bottom, where what you do is you create a set of standard operating procedures that everybody follows, and if they follow them, you will win, and you will fulfill your mission, and that is the military motto, is you do what you're told, and we fulfill the mission. But the kingdom of God doesn't work that way, hmm. and when we bring that in, it actually does the opposite. What we saw with Mars Hill and every all the fallout from it is that no matter how much you try to control, the thing itself will resist control. The people will resist control. God will resist your control. And what's going to happen is you're going to grab tighter and tighter on the reins because you don't know what else to do. And the answer is you actually need to be transformed. You need to, you need to release the reins. You need to listen to God. You need to let others actually help you find the way to life. And so if, you, if you're a church planner and you, you find yourself calling your worship leader and telling him, when you share, I don't want you saying these words during your prayer. If, if you meet during your creative team meeting on Monday and talk about your, your worship team and try to scheme on how to get someone off your worship team because they're not as good as you want them to be. Mm. If you are trying to do the jobs of the people who work for you, um, if you are demanding that people do your vision for every piece and do it the way you want it to. All those are signs that you are out of control and it's time you actually need to pull back and listen to God. And you need authorities in your life who will help you piece together what's happening inside of you because it's, it's psychological and it's spiritual and it's relational and you, you actually can't deal with it on your own. So I, I just want to, for those of you who are out there, all of us have that tendency inside of us, but some of you have never dealt with your need for control and it is a toxic toxic piece of church that will drive everyone around you away from you it will actually do the opposite of what you want which is to be connected and live in community so be on the watch out for that because it will it will destroy your life if i can just finish with a, uh, a scriptural reflection here uh, i'm, I'm about to preach on first King, uh, first Kings 19 uh, and it's when Elijah's fleeing um, and and he just had this epic battle uh, with with the false prophets and and now he's running for his life because Jezebel is angry with him and he gets to that point where he says you know this famous line like I just want to die and as I've been meditating and reflecting on this passage, you know, after having this extraordinary victory in God, it's, you know, perplexing that this is the next chapter. And as a student of scripture, I'm just so used to this, 
the story that like I just I just know it. You know, it's like it's like watching Moneyball or the Shawshank Redemption over and over. Like you just know what the next scene is. So there's no more surprise for you. And as as you kind of just slow down and just meditate on it, and you know what should have been here, you know, gratitude and prayer and celebration and a reminder that. This wasn't my power, but of God's. And he knows that intellectually, but he, he's not experiencing that. He's he's experiencing fear. And and some of this is is the result of, you know, the pace that he's been on and the burnout that he's mm. been on and the failure to stop. And God, instead of rebuking him, and instead of, I mean, he should have told him to listen to these podcasts, but he didn't do that either. That's weird. Um, he, he should have. Yeah, I know. I know. But he tells him to stop and take a nap and eat. Uh, and so, friends, for those of you who are listening, I, I invite you to just read those those chapters, you know, especially that swing from chapter First Kings chapter eighteen to that first half of First Kings nineteen, and and just just let it work in you, let it marinate, like of of what should have happened, what did happen, what God could have said, what He said instead, and imagine then how Elijah is how Elijah's ministry would have would have been had he not stopped and took that nap and ate and allowed the Lord to renew him and then what happened next. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to invite our church to to consider some of these things, uh, to 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 address some of the burnout in, in their own lives and the various mm-hmm. sectors and vocations that they are in. Uh, and, and I think that the summertime is a really, really great time to just take a, take a beat, to pause, not just to grill and eat good food, but to attend to, to tend to your soul because because you need it, your people need it, and your community needs it. No question, no question. Well, that is our our fourth podcast on burnout. I'm a little burned out on burnout. What are you? What are you I think we I think we got it covered. I think we got it covered. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I don't know if we're gonna do a lot of four part series, but this one just there's a lot of legs to it, so we we ran. Um, I th- I think what we're going to talk about next. Now this is we're you know we're still in formation. Tim and I need to talk about this. Um, but what I want to talk about next is the church planting journey and formation. I want to talk about okay, what what do you need at each stage of the journey, and who are the key people that you need to walk along with you in those areas. Um, so you as church planters, we, we want to help you think about not just preparation for this part of the journey, but preparation for the long journey. So join us next week. We'll be here on Wednesdays. Listen to Peyton and Pete. They're talking, they're like all into AI. I'm really enjoying their conversations over there. It's so good. Um, And they're also like diving into like what happens when the spirit takes over and does some amazing stuff. So listen to the Monday podcast. There is, I'm working on maybe another podcast that's going to be a part of our little network here with the Church Planner podcast. So stay tuned for that. And remember, if you want to reach the people no one else is reaching, you've got to go where no one else is going and do what no one else is doing. And then you got to take a nap and have a meal. So we love you, Church Planners. Thanks for being here with us. Grace and peace. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Church Web Builder. If you've been meaning to scrap your terrible WordPress church website, or you just need to actually sit down and make your church plants website, let this be assigned to you. With Church Web Builder's library of church-specific templates and integrations, 
and the included all-in-one marketing and communication platform, a beautiful new website is literally sitting there waiting for you to take it. Go to churchwebbuilder.io and use the code PLANTER at checkout. You'll get 50% off your first year. Yes, 5-0. 50% off your entire first year. Again, go to churchwebbuilder.io and use the code PLANTER. For more from the Church Planter Podcast, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Church Planter Podcast and on Twitter at CPlanterMag. We'd love to connect. See you next time.